Under the Controlled Substances Act and Corollary State Law, the growth, trafficking, sale, possession, or consumption of psychedelics may be a felony punishable by imprisonment, fines, forfeiture of property, or some combination thereof. Psychedelical X is for general information only. Information provided on the show does not constitute legal advice, nor does your listening to the show create an attorney-client relationship with the host. Hello, I'm attorney Gary Smith, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Psychedelic Alex, The Law of Psychedelics, my ongoing exploration of the question of the law of psychedelics. In early August of 2022, Terran Biosciences filed suit against Compass Pathfinder Limited in the United States District Court for the District of Maryland. The lawsuit essentially alleges that there was a series of misappropriations alleged to have been perpetrated against Terran Biosciences intellectual property respecting certain patents and studies involving psilocybin, which Terran Biosciences alleges were perpetrated by Compass Pathfinder. This is a brand new case. It's in its infancy, so there's not much known about it yet other than the complaint, which was a public record. But here's a quick peek at it. Typical of most complaints, if not all complaints, the first several pages just introduce you to the parties and the jurisdictional bases for why the case is being brought, specifically in the court it's being brought. And the allegations go on to discuss how the parties were interacting. And it goes on to tell a story of how Compass and Terran Biosciences had worked together. And mind, this is all written from the plaintiff's perspective, so being a complaint, you're really only hearing from plaintiff's lawyers, and they're only revealing so much of the story of the case as is necessary to carry the complaint forward. But the complaint talks about how the parties had come together as far back as 2019 and alleges that Terran Biosciences had shared certain trade secrets with Compass and that somewhere along the way the relationship deteriorated. In the factual background section, which starts about page 5, the complaint goes further to talk about how certain professors from the Department of Physiology at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, or excuse me, a specific professor that is, claims to have theorized a certain combination protocol aimed at a certain therapeutic modality. And the complaint goes on to describe that Compass was interested in this research. And then by page 8, the complaint starts to describe allegations that Compass is alleged to have moved forward with patent applications regarding this research. 
which by the time we get to page nine, we start the counts of the complaint. And from here, you can see that Taryn is alleging that Compass behaved inappropriately with the information shared with it. And on count one, you see a misappropriation of trade secrets claim. 18 U.S.C., 1831 violation. Count two brings a correlative claim, but under the Maryland State Uniform Trade Secrets Act. Try saying that six times fast. Maryland Uniform Trade Secrets Act. Now, for those of you who aren't lawyers in my audience, you may wonder, well, why are they suing under the federal and state acts? Well, because they're separate jurisdictions and both laws can be sued upon simultaneously. And indeed, you see this very often when people bring trade-based cases in federal court. They will almost always identify both the federal laws being violated that give rise to causes of action and also state laws that are alleged to have been violated, which also could bring rise to causes of action. And the reason is very basic. It doubles your chances of success as a plaintiff, but also in the minutia of it, there could be nuance of difference between the burdens of proof and the state or federal statute, depending on circumstance, one or the other might be easier to prove. So smart money is always bring both. And then the third and final claim is just a straight breach of contract cause of action. And then the prayer at the very end of the complaint is pretty basic, but also a little cryptic. The prayer, of course, is seeking permanent injunctive relief. The plaintiff would like the defendant to stop doing whatever it is the plaintiff is alleging the defendant did. Uh, but the cryptic part is where the plaintiff is asking for compensatory damages in an amount to be determined at trial. And then exemplary damages, etc. Now here's the catch of this. Trade secrets cases, trade violation cases, oftentimes can be very difficult to prove and also very expensive and also require a lot of expensive expert witness testimony. Now, the nature of this case and the nature of the parties involved in it suggests that there is a tremendous amount of money at stake and thus a lot of motivation to fight this fight. But this is also emblematic of the state of psychedelic studies right now that, that people are willing to file these lawsuits. Uh, you know, look, I don't know what the story is on this case other than what I read in the complaint, but let's just take the hypothetical of this. And consider, if plaintiff is correct, if it invested significant time and effort developing something that was taken from it wrongfully, there could be a significant amount of financial interest here that not only could be a motivation for someone interested in, in, in just the, the profit of their labors, but also in the reinvestment of further research, which is to say there could be myriad reasons people file such lawsuits. But in the world of psychedelics right now, what we're seeing is a lot of interested stakeholders trying to establish territory in the form of intellectual property and patents because those things will give them commercial advantage in an existing and future marketplace. And those commercial advantages translate into 
dollars and access. So you're starting to see some of the uh, titans, so to speak, fight amongst themselves. And I expect more of this to come. But this is the frontier of psychedelics, folks. There's litigation afoot, and I expect more to come. And for those of you in the audience who are researchers or interested in research or pursuing patents or pursuing investment, part of the lesson of just the mere existence of this lawsuit includes reminding that you need to know who you're doing business with and you also need to pay attention to the contracts you are signing or, in worst case scenario, not signing. For example, if you had, say, some intellectual property that you wanted to protect, you probably would like to have some non-disclosure, non-compete type agreements in place with people before you share your information with those people. And it's probably not just enough to grab some old form you find off the internet. Probably should have some smart lawyer or another Really look at that form and make sure it says what you think it says and to make sure it does what you think it does. I cannot tell you the number of times in my career I've had people walk in with poorly drafted contracts insisting they don't understand why they're having the trouble they're having considering they have a contract. Well, sure, having a piece of paper is great, but the words on it matter too. So we'll keep watching this one. I I don't know if that case is going to get very far in the public eye. I think typical to expect these parties are going to try to keep things as much behind closed doors as possible. And just statistically speaking, most lawsuits settle. So this one will probably go away in the, in the quiet and you may never know about it, but we'll keep an eye. We'll see what happens. Have a question about psychedelics and the law. You're welcome to submit them. Please send your questions to admin at psychedelicalex.com. Submission of questions is not an assurance that they will be used on the show. Also, please be aware that neither the submission of a question nor a response creates an attorney-client privilege between you and the show's host, nor does an answer constitute legal advice. Information provided is for general purposes only. If you need legal counsel, you should hire competent counsel in your community. Thank you.